And welcome back to the Profile Pod. I'm your host, Double A, here for another spectacular episode of the pod. Thank you so much for tuning in wherever you're tuning in from. Whether it's on the video platforms, the audio platforms, it's all good. The bottom line is you're here with us. So thank you so much for being here. Uh, thank you once again, everybody, for being here. We have a panel of guests here. Before we get into our guests, I always want to uh, say that this is the podcast that brings on individuals doing extraordinary things in life. And tonight we have some legends, ladies and gentlemen, in the house. Um, so don't forget to subscribe on YouTube. Follow me on Instagram, all the social media platforms. You guys know the deal. I always appreciate the love and support, the feedback, the interaction is always great. So uh, thanks, thank you once again. This is the Social Nostra Network. It's the network of talented creators and podcasters now available on all major platforms, including Roku and all of the platforms, man. So go check out the Social Nostra Network. There's something there for everybody. Uh, so let's get down to brass tacks, man. Like I said, man, we got some big time uh, guests in the house tonight, man. I'm going to go ahead and introduce the panel here in no particular order. Uh, we'll start with my, my man, Dr. Bob Lee. He has the uh, radio personality on WBLS Radio 107.5 out of New York City. He wrote the book, People to Know in Black History and Beyond, Recognizing the Heroes and Sheroes Who Make the Grade. And uh, he is a vice president of the United Coalition of Human for Humanity. Thank you so much, Dr. Bob Lee, for being here with us. Oh, man, it's always a pleasure, man. Also to kick it with so many uh, legends that are on here right now, you know. Man, we it's that's for some time now. It's, uh, you, you know, you nailed it on the head. I can't say it any better, man. It's, it's, it's a pleasure having these gentlemen. Uh, the next gentleman is making his, uh, I don't know, third or fourth appearance now. He's a, he's a profile pod veteran. Uh, my man, GQ to Embassy, originally from New Jersey, now at a new, I'm sorry, Orlando, Florida. And, uh, <laughs> well, you know, uh, I, I got a few on. spots. Yeah, yeah, I tell you, they always go, they go kill me if I don't get it right. So, you know, I, I, born, born in the Bronx, raised in Heightstown, New Jersey. Now I'm living in Orlando, Florida. And you know the slogan. Tear, 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 salute, salute, salute. It's your favorite Puerto Rican. GQ to Amber. Shout out to the whole low life family, low zone in the building. Y'all already know what it is. Cheers, salute. And this is number two in counting. Just, just you know, just keeping it clear. That's okay. Well, if we count the street interview, that it, you know, technically it's it's three. But we, 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 we I, I like it. I like where you're going with this. This is good. And I want to thank you, man, for, for brokering this, putting this all together, bringing everyone together, man. And much love to you. Appreciate you, man. Hey, man, I'm just the guy. That's the fly on the wall. You already know what it is. That's, that's right. That's right, man. Moving on to our next guest. My man is a uh, original member of the one and only Houdini and uh, based out of Brooklyn, New York, man. Uh, you might have heard the song Friends back in the day. One of the pioneers, my man. Thank you so much for being here. Grandmaster D is in the house. Ladies and gentlemen, how you doing today, my man? I'm all right. It's a pleasure to be here, man. Thank you for having us. No, thank you for being here, man. Taking the time. And uh, are you are you on the East Coast, uh, Grandmaster? Yes, I'm in ATL. Okay, you're out in, uh, so you're three, three hours ahead. So mm -hmm. I appreciate, you know, I know it's a little later out there. And I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and as well as uh, Dr. Lee, as, as I know you're in New York City. so Only you and Kurt get to enjoy, you know, California time right now. <laughs> okay. Okay. <I got> <laughs> uh, 
Um, and last but not least, man, this gentleman is uh, hails out of Harlem, New York. Originally, he was uh, a first rapper to be signed by a major record label with Mercury. Uh, you might have heard the the hits Christmas Rapping, The Breaks, uh, I Went Gold back in 1980. He was appeared in Crush Groove. He's just he's done so many things. He's uh, one of, a co-founder of United Coalition for Humanity. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Curtis Blow to the Profile Pod. How you doing, Curtis? Chill, chill. Um, chill. I'm mighty fine, mighty fine. Thank you for having us here tonight. I just want to say, you know, uh, grace and peace to everyone. And I thank God that we all are still here. And man, shout out to everybody around the nation. Uh, life is crazy right now. We're upside down but uh there is a light that i see in the tunnel everybody so just mm -hmm. cheer up and and hold your head up high we're gonna get through all of this craziness all right so blessings to you all and thank you for having me absolutely thank you very much yeah it, it, we it, you know the optimism i love the optimism and, and that's all we can do is be optimistic and, and know that we're we will persevere and get through these uh, times. Uh, but yeah, again, gentlemen, uh, thank you so much for being here. It's an honor. Uh, Dr. Lee, I was listening to your uh, program last night. I caught a little bit of your set there. You, I know you had uh, Lizzo going, you had Johnny Gill, you had Surface, Shy. <laughs> I mean, you're taking me back to the, to the 90s, man. And that's that's my wheelhouse, man. So I really yeah. enjoyed your show there. And I dropped a brand new record uh, by Beyonce. You heard it? No, mm. oh man, you got here. Break my soul. Mm. I'll play it again tonight. Okay, but it just go right at midnight. Yeah, and I know you got that, that midnight to five a.m. slot there, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. And how long you been with the uh, with the program there at the WBLS uh, 107.5? Well, I've been with Curtis Blow before WBLS, believe it or not. I did an internship with WBLS and then uh, in my, I think my junior year in college, we took rap to the South, Columbia, South Carolina, a place called the Electric Warehouse. But Kurt and I, we've been rolling together off and on on the phone, been to his church in Harlem and, uh, you know, just been checking on him from time to time. And, uh, you know, and uh, when he came to me with this, uh, this uh, alliance and he said he wanted to start a union, I said, man, let's go, because he knows my heart, and I know his heart. I really know his heart now. <laughs> <laughs> you, got the, you got the youngest heart in the room, literally. <laughs> I, I bet he's, I feel like he's somewhere playing with toys every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like a no-brainer. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. But I, I've been on BLS since 1981. But I met Curtis, like I said before, uh, I was doing an internship. Before they hired me, I met him. I was working with a number of radio stations with my own band, and I was promoting all of their stuff and DJing out in the streets. We had something called the Street Cleanup Campaign, mm. and we had a flatbed truck using it as a stage, and AST provided all the sound and all that stuff. We went around DJing at different places throughout the five boroughs. So they gave me a top DJ award in 1981, and uh, the promoter, asked me we received it at bonds international casino and the promoter asked me if i wanted to you know i wanted to host his his spot and i took the job made me a little money and uh, one of the people that came in was curtis blow 
So before we got together on radio, I met him at the club at Bonds International Casino. And then WBLS called me back in and uh, said, we want you to park your van. <laughs> We're going to give you guys a van. I said, us guys? They brought this other guy in the room by the name of Mr. Magic. So it was me and Mr. Magic that gave us these vehicles to crisscross the, the city, the five, you know, the tri-state area. And Curtis Blow came out with us in different schools. We were out there encouraging students to stay in school and be on time and get a good education. And we're still doing that today. You know, you know, the whole thing is about education, educating artists now today about you know their agreements, labels, producers, and all that stuff, and trying to get a roof over their head as far as coverage, pensions, and finding out where their money is, if they got extra money out there, and uh, just you know. Just, just letting them know, educating them about the business, because a lot of people sign these contracts, which are like garbage contracts, and it just locks them in for a long time. So we're trying to do that. Curtis is probably great on that, you know, a little bit later on. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Yeah, no, you're, you're, you know, speaking of, you know, early 80s, Dr. Lee. For 40 years, that's the answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Oh, look. Yeah, that's a good chunk of time, man. That's a good chunk of time. 40, so, 40 years of the <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, you know, taking it back, right? Even before that, I, I wanted to ask you guys, man, you, you know, you know, touching a little bit on, on, on the history of, of hip hop, man, and, and, and going back to those early days out in the Bronx and with, the, you know, Cool, cool Herc and all those guys. And yeah, um, I, I wanted to ask you guys, uh, when, when, it came, when it comes to the, you know, the, the development of, uh, of, of hip hop back in the day when it came to the, the you know, what, what was it that propelled hip hop the most? It, was it, which one of the elements? Was it, was it the DJ? Was it the MC, the B-boying? Or was it the graffiti element? Which, which, what was it that really put hip hop on the map and then propelled it forward? Which, I mean, this question is for all you guys, man. Uh, you know, what, what was it in your eyes? This is Grandmaster D. Um, in my eyes, it was the MCs and it was the DJs. It was it was a combination. And um, at that time, I first heard it in high school in 1977, my freshman year. And we went to this place called the Spark Room after lunch. They had a room where they had a boom box. They playing backgammon and spades. And I heard, yes, yes, y'all. You don't <laughs> stop. We like our sound, sound, loud, loud, and clear, clear. This is DJ, DJ, Africa, Africa. Bam, bam, bada, bada, bada. I said, yo, what is that? They said, yo, that's rap. That's rap. I said, yo, but what are they using? He said, that's a space echo. And at that time, Master Don, may rest in peace, he passed away. He was in my class. And that was the one that showed me the hip hop what it was about to be a DJ, because he was a DJ. And after school, he would take me to his house and show me the ropes about the turntables. And that's what really inspired me. Yeah. Wow. That's it. But that's Grandmaster D lived right across the river from <laughs> Queensbridge, where we all grew up. We used to play that music in the park with the, we used to try to find the biggest sound systems that we can stack. Sometimes we stack them up two stories up, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then pass another one up. But uh, yeah, we used to. What it, I think we used to cut things up in the park because we came out mm. of the disco era. Uh, we even played at the Fever back in the day before rap. But 
we were doing a little bit of rap too because we were cutting up those different beats and then talking yeah. in between the beats and stuff like that. Yeah, the break beats. Beats is the raps, you know, and then somebody even started doing a beatbox on a machine. Then they started mm -hmm. doing beatbox on the microphone. It was crazy. We just started blending all that stuff together. And I think graffiti and all that stuff might have come later. Mm. Okay, but okay. The hip hop culture now, baby. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Hey, we're talking that you, I think, uh, Grandmaster, you said uh, it's 1977, right? Right around there? Yes, yes. Uh -huh. now, that was my fresh year, me moving from Brooklyn and moving to Roosevelt Island. Yeah. And my high school was Julia Richmond, right across the bridge in Manhattan. And, a lot yeah. of the students was from Harlem. So that was when the Crash Crew and Rayvon and Johnny Wall and, yeah. and it, it, all of those brothers that went to my school, you know, Spivey and DJ Louie Lou, they had so many names from like <laughs> cartoon characters and stuff like that, you know, <laughs> made yeah. you laugh, but it was something new to us. And yeah. the word of mouth, like Bob Lee say, playing in the park, the word of mouth brought people to the park and the sound system that you heard, everybody hear music, they're gonna to run to the park. And we did this for free, never thinking it's gonna turn into money. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and, and so a lot of this, well, the Bronx gets credit, right, for, for the, yeah. origi the where it originated, the hip, hip hop, you know. Yeah. Um, so well, we were in Queens, Curtis was uptown in Harlem, you know, so we don't know really where it came from, but we know, I was traveling around the different parks throughout the five boroughs. So I know it could have, I don't know where it started, but everybody mm. was doing it. It was trending. Yeah, everybody was DJing. Curtis could have started yeah. it up the column. I don't know. <laughs> mm. You hear the stories about, uh, you know, how DJ Cool Herc would have these back to school jams out in the Bronx in the early 70s, right? It's 1973. I think there's even a date, August 11th, 1973. I think he gets credited as, as the. The, the, the very first party that he had a back to school jam. Yeah, so by, yeah. by the time that, the, you know, in the, in the, in the mid late seventies, like you said, uh, Grandmaster, uh, by this time it was, it had, it, se it seems like it had trickled out into the other boroughs already, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and yeah, it was DJs all over, you know, mm -hmm. but um, at that time, that's when the disco era was still banging. And um, you look at um, DJ Flowers, you know, Grandmaster Flowers. It was so many other DJs, Queens, yeah. Infinity Machine, Dr. Bobby, Disco Twins, and there was people from all over, all five boroughs was doing it, you know, but um, it was something big. But graffiti was out around that time, you know. You see the graffiti on the trains and, um, and you know, you had hip hop and, but it was all to do with the sound system, but then it became, these guys I have to definitely give credit to was Mike and Dave. Mike and Dave was um, like the guys responsible for the crash crew and all of them, but Mike and Dave was on every flyer that came out when I was in high school for its hip hop, Mike and Dave Productions. No doubt. I know Kirk heard about Mike and Dave. <laughs> he, he used to give the awards every yeah. year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Kirk's member Celebrity Club? <laughs> I'm the 25th Street, yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, in the Harlem world. Those were the good old days, man, you know, yeah. but it all goes back to, I'll say, the 60s mm -hmm. because that was the civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. And we had great leaders 
you know, bringing forth this uh, change that was, you know, so important, so significant, and 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 so momentous that in the '60s, when you talk about, you know, Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and Stokely mm-hmm. Carmichael and uh, uh, yeah. you know Rosa Parks, uh, uh, mm-hmm. James Lawson, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Philip A. Randolph. These are the great leaders that had united in the 60s to bring forth this change. And I'm talking about the voters' rights of 1965. And that was a Mm -hmm. law that was passed by Lyndon Baines Johnson, right? Mm -hmm. President. And so from there, that's when the movement really hit because uh, uh, African-Americans you know, had the right to vote, mm-hmm. but then they they actually started hiring and 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 electing uh, mm-hmm. government officials. But there still was a lot of racism, still yes. a lot of injustices going around. Uh, 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 in nineteen sixty eight, Martin uh, uh, Martin Luther King was assassinated. But but I mean. You know, you had uh, James Brown came out yes. with a song mm-hmm. called Say It Loud. Loud, Black, Black and Proud. Proud. Mm-hmm. Now, that song, the music mm-hmm. was so very important during that time because yes. uh, 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 the message of civil rights and equality was all in our music by African-Americans throughout the last, you know, 100 years, of course. Now, yes. now, now the Harlem Renaissance with A. Philip Randolph, I mean, with, uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, Edgar Allan Poe, mm-hmm. and Langston Hughes. Oh, sticking it back, yeah, hey, Kurt. Hey, yeah, you yeah, going there, the yes, go. But, but the songs <laughs> that they made, the, the, the poems that they made were all, all just uh, talking about the injustices to African Americans mm-hmm. and, and ending slavery and all of that stuff, right? Yes. And so, you know, music was so very important to us. It was our escapism in the late 60s, right? We had all of these killings and murders, uh, bombings of churches and all of that stuff in the civil rights movement. And Merz, mm-hmm. uh, Megger Evans, uh, James Meredith, I mean, mm-hmm. all of these people who gave their lives during that time. Yeah, and and the Kirk music Kirk. Of, 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 of Sly and the Family Stone. Yes, and, yes. Yeah, and and Kill my Scott man, Harris. Sam Cooke, you oh, know, yeah. uh, uh, all of the, this music was our, our voice mm-hmm. uh, saying, this is not right. And, and, and so when James Brown came out with that, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud, that the beat was so significant. It mm-hmm. was a boom, that, boom, boom. That was what we call boom back. Because I'll, I'll explain it, you know, before that, the Motown town, you know, with the Temptations and the Supremes and Smoke well, and all that, you know, they had beats that went tap, 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 boom, tap, mm-hmm. tap, tap. That was the, the snare drum kicking on the one, two, three, and the four. 
But now here mm-hmm. comes James Brown with Clyde Stubberfield with mm-hmm. this change of the beat that was like boom, tap, boom, boom, funky. When we heard that as the dancers, as the people of this soul music, we lost our mind. And then mm-hmm. coming out of the civil rights movement and James Brown telling us, you know, say loud, I'm black and I'm proud. And that's when the people start throwing fists up in the air. You remember 1968 and, and, yeah. and the Olympics and, and the brothers are standing on the totem pole, uh, on the, the, the award the platform. Pole, uh, yeah. yeah. The platform yeah. and they had a fist I, in the air. And that was the talk of the town. Everybody was mm-hmm. like, black power, black is beautiful. It's mm-hmm. all good. And so all, this is where thing with the pick with right, the fist. Right, yeah. right. The pick with the foot. Right, right, right. So mm-hmm. all of that was the state of mind that we were in in the late 60s, coming out of the civil rights movement. And so mm-hmm. we wanted to continue this, to continue this love of our people and say, man, we're still fighting for the same injustices that are out there. So when hip hop came out, well, of course, you know, you had disco music that was around in the late 60s and the early 70s, and it was all about love each other. And now everybody yeah. is free and we all have all this love for each other, love that brother and all this, and the hippies and that whole yeah. movement and, and, and peace and love. and uh, unity music. and flower music it was called right <laughs> and so everything was that's goofy, right? when yeah. you know disco music started <laughs> way downtown in the village and all of that stuff and so uptown we of course we wanted to party and have a good time too so we partied uptown and in the clubs and the community centers and that's when we started the the black parties and the park jams. Mm-hmm. And every Saturday, a DJ would come down. The DJ was the boss. He was the actual mm-hmm. catalyst of the party. So mm-hmm. he was very, very important. But first it was mm-hmm. the music. The music was so very important. And it was our escapism to all of the poverty, all of the oppression, racism that we were dealing with coming out of the civil rights movement and everybody mm-hmm. was like flower childs right let's love everybody and so music was our escapism and so uh dancing be- became the number one craze to the whole country everybody was dance crazy everybody mm-hmm. would work all week and go to the club at the uh on the weekend and pay your five and ten dollars and dance your night away and forget about your troubles, forget about your kids. <laughs> it's all about the party. Yeah. So this is where hip hop came from. It was a mutation of the disco. We were DJs telling people to come out and have a good time. Let's forget about our troubles, you know. And uh, I remember when the movie Roots came out in, mm. in 1977. Yeah. Everybody, when we saw that movie, when we saw that series, that television series by Alex Haley, it just like was such an impact 
to our society and and black people were just like you know hey man we don't we're not going to take it anymore we are celebrated we are fearfully and specially made by god we are all equal you know we're not slaves anymore i'm not picking no cotton you know <laughs> my name is not kunta kente i'm curtis blow <laughs> right and so that became the whole state of mind for African-Americans around that time. And, and that's where we get the lyricists like uh, uh, the last poets who are oh, yeah. around that time. And also uh, uh, James Brown, the music of James Brown, with that said, I'm yeah. black and I'm proud. And after that, he had a, a string of like 20 hits, you know, Sex Machine and to, uh, 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 Funky Stuff. Uh, 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 uh -huh. Man, escapism, get on the, the <laughs> make it funky. So, yeah, make it funky. Okay, man, mm. incredible songs, right? Sex right? machine. Yeah, but wow. here comes hip hop, and the first rapper, Sugar Hill Gang, Curtis Blow, Grandmaster Flash, and the Furious Five. Man, we had a thing where we just wanted to make sure that this whole new culture, this whole new style of music, genre of music was going to be successful. And we had an oath, we called it our, our code of ethics because we ran into Reverend Jesse Jackson and he pulled us to the side and he said, if you guys, you guys are the new icons, the new heroes of the community, and this thing called rap is going to take off. So I tell you what, if you want it to really be successful and people all over the world will accept you, keep it clean. Keep it clean. And we, you will have no problems. They will accept you and you will take this thing as far as it can go. And so we listened and we said, man, we have this code of ethics ethics and what we're going to do is, is, is not curse on the microphone, we're not going to diss each other, we're going to be respectful so that our music will be accepted and played on the radio. So this is where that song, The Message, comes from. Wow. From that one meeting from Jesse Jackson, we said, uh, I told Mel himself, I mean, I, I remember that Ron you did on, on uh, uh, We Rap More Mellow, or, or was it Seven Minutes of Funk, when he said a child is born with no state of mind, yeah. I'm blind mm. to ways up, man, that rhyme right there. So I said, Mel, you gotta keep doing rhymes like that. This is mm. how we're gonna take it to the next level, right? So then uh, uh, I came out the song with the song called Tough, I made uh, uh, another song called Throughout Your Years, which was the first message rap in 1981 uh, on my first album. And I started making songs like that throughout my career, like Hard Times, uh, which was uh, uh, the first uh, cover song by uh, a rap group, Run DMC, did it over. But mm -hmm. Hard Times and You Make Me Nervous. Uh, uh, the Breaks. Uh, 
you know, all of the, my songs had a special kind of message to them. Not all, but a lot of my songs did. And when I got to do uh, the America album, that's the first time I really touched on racism and, uh, and keeping that message alive of equality for all humanity. And uh, that's my whole spiel, you know, that's my history. This is what I, I am about. The biggest, most meaningful song that I ever created in my career was a song called uh, King Holiday, which was a, a song mm -hmm. tribute to Martin Luther King and the holiday that became a national holiday. And mm -hmm. uh, also uh, I did a song for John Lewis uh, called uh, King of Humanity because <laughs> he was the right-hand man of Martin Luther King. Yeah. Incredible, incredible spirit. Um, yes, nice guy. Nice gentleman. May rest in peace. You know? And so that's it in the nutshell. This is hip-hop. We are hip-hop. And, <coughs> you know, I know there's a lot of controversies out there. It started in 19... 72, if you ask me, it started in 68, uh, uh, with Say It Loud, I'm Black and I'm Proud, because uh, after that, everybody who heard that song and, and, and the song that came out after that we named, uh, um, you had, you wanted to be like James Brown. Everybody wanted to go to the party and dance like James Brown, because he was the best dancer at the time. Uh, uh, and everyone wanted to, everyone wanted to mimic him and do yeah. splits and and turn the party up. <laughs> yeah, do the that was the whole thing. That's the and do the boogaloo. There was a lot of split pants after him, you know? A lot of yeah. split pants. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I saw him so do the, split at the apartment. That was the whole thing. You wanted to be the best dancer <laughs> at party. You wanted to turn the party out. And if you did, you became the most popular guy. And it was just like Saturday Night Fever, that movie with John Travolta, you know, that the guy yeah. doing the best dance moves in the club, the, the people back up and create a circle around him, right? And then somebody comes in that circle and, yeah. and there's a competition. The battle. And the winner, yeah. the battle, the winner of that competition is the most popular guy. He gets the girl, right? There you go. The most important so, thing. <laughs> so this, this thing happened up in the Bronx. At yeah, Curtis. Oh. That one of the up there, right? The Matrix. Yeah. Matrix, that's what they call it, Matrix. Got stuck <clears throat> in the Matrix. It's, it's fascinating, man, to hear all this, uh, you know, the history and, yeah. you know, uh, right around this time, like, when did, the, or I should ask, you know, around what time did uh, Grandmaster Flash and Africa Bombada and these guys start extending the break, right? Um, to so, so that, you know, the dancers can do their thing. You know, these four, these circles are forming in, on the dance floor. <clears throat> yeah, and, and the DJ's cutting back and forth, cutting on the break beats, like Apache. Yeah. Dun, 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 
And it's all drum beat going from there. Any little beat from there. Hold on. Let's go. Let's go. Probably like, hold on, let me show you. Let me show you. But I think the question is, the question is, is around what time did that did that start to originate? Right, right. It started, it started you know. working really in the seventies, late seventy nine. Yeah, 78, 79. Really, that's when everybody started hitting it. And um, I really believe at that time, radio was scared of it. Only one is I don't think one was playing it was Mister Magic at the time. I don't think they understood it. And Bob, they were play, they played the instrumental. But thank God that we changed it up because we had R&B and it was the original music that we were making. So that's why they, they didn't mind playing Houdini. But I yeah, think we played, think, we played I think, WBLS in 1981, 82. Yeah. Me and Mr. I Magic. Think, well. mm-hmm. Master Peace. Rest in peace to Mr. Magic. I yeah, think yeah. Flash, I think Grandmaster Flash credit himself as the one that started to, to flip-flop the, the break beats. To extend it, um, they were. I think Grit, Theodore got the credit for being inventing scratching. The scratching, but, um, yeah, the scratching. Grand Wizard Theodore, no doubt. Extending the dropping the needle, extending the break. You just cut any DJ. A lot of that. that. A lot of us we do. We don't know where that came from, but yeah, that you had you to be quick to catch like some of them beats. If you take a record like Car Wash, sometimes you had two forty fives. And um, mm-hmm. the break was like very small. Yeah, you know, you want yeah. to bring and make that long. And that's what I the MC started. Uh, that, y'all. I got cut music. off, man. There you are, Curtis. My Wi-Fi right. went out. Uh, How you get? Yeah. When, when did you guys like uh, going back? Right. When did you say? When did you truly see that that this, this thing was taking off, man? This thing was evolving. This thing called rap, hip hop. Uh, what, what was it? Was it was it the Sugar Hills Gang, Rappers Delight song? What, what, was it uh, just a, uh, a you know a, a combination of, of of events, or was it one thing that you just said, okay, there it is? Or here In we the hood, it was before Ooh. that. Before it came became commercial, because it was a thing that everybody was doing in the community. It was fun, you know. You did it. You want to hear your sound. You want to hear your new records and all that stuff. And you would take those records and create those breaks. And that's when the, the rappers were able to rap inside of those breaks. We didn't want to rap on top of something that you know had lyrics playing. So we extended yeah. the break. We started doing it. But I tell you, we, we saw it come up from the, from the streets before it hit the radio. Because I think we, Kirk, we didn't start playing it on radio until like 81, 82, right? Mm-hmm. That's when we took on uh, uh of course you know of course uh sugar, sugar hill was 1979 yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. so was christmas rap and then uh and uh, king tim the third right sequence girl um yeah you know, king, tim, king tim actually was first before mm-hmm. sugar hill that was mm-hmm. january the fat uh, back man 1979 mm-hmm. right yeah. And so Sugar Hill came out, and I think it was uh, a spring or August, yeah. and and Christmas wrapping came out in December. But you also had uh, uh, the Sequence Girls. Yeah, from that. Right I got on the, up. Yeah, yeah. from you right on right up. On up. Right on up. Get up, that get up, get up, get up. Were they from course. Columbia, South Carolina? 
That was the first chorus ever on a hip hop rap song. The first word of that we just we just used to rap. So they put it together and made it into uh, uh, an actual song, you know, with a chorus, singing chorus. And I thought I was the first one with a, 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 a hook. And but it was them. So I, uh, I give them their flowers. They deserve it. I thought it was the bricks. They saw the bricks. Bring it up, bring it up. You know? Blondie, what's the other chick? Uh, Shirley Pearl. Angie Stone. And Angie. Oh, yeah. Angie. Yeah, that's me. Get out of, out of a gas station when we were down there. We used to go down there and get that whole yogurt. But yeah, they used to come to the club and they... Mm. We'll tell you Man, about you know, it, it was <laughs> such a it was such a special, special time. Those moments when those first, you know, series of records had came yeah. out for hip hop. I think that that was the real time uh, uh, in the history of hip hop where we knew that, man, this thing is going to take off. This thing is going to be something <laughs> else, right? And we all were excited. Listen, I remember coming home from the studio. I was recording my first album. And this was, I already had Christmas rap out, right? And so I'm coming uptown, um, you know, and, and um, I jump out the cab and so I'm walking to my place and, and I hear this music coming out of somebody's window. You know how people used to put their yeah, speakers speak outside the window and yeah, play yeah, yeah. music. And this was two o'clock in the morning. So everybody was hearing it, right? So I'm, I got I'm plenty of tickets at the hood. I, I listen and I'm here this in this uh, nice little beat, like it, it, it went, it went, uh, and then he's rapping. So, this is the way we rock the rock house. So, yeah. Everybody, come turn Funky down. Four. Wow. It was the Funky Four plus one more. And I sat yeah. there and I listened. I listened to the song, the whole song as it was playing. And I said, just felt this feeling like, oh my God. This thing, hip hop, you know, I already had a record deal. So this thing, hip hop, is going to be something else. We can have careers, people to join <laughs> the team, you know what I mean? And we can make it. We can do this. It's going to be all right. And I just had the best feeling of hearing somebody else's record on the radio. What an amazing feeling. Yeah. Damn, man. That's crazy. 